Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. You should have a sheet for tonight if you don't. Jerry, would you do that? Tom, Kim, did you get yours yet? Well, we know we've got to get them, okay? Everybody else got sheets outlined for tonight? Okay. Um, we're we're going to uh, do the cross tonight, or uh, shall we say the crucifixion and resurrection we're going to do this evening. Okay. Now, uh, if I go back to do the churches of Revelation, I think we only have one that we haven't done yet, Laodicea, uh, the lukewarm church. Uh, so we do that. Uh, we'll be done with everything we agreed to do. Okay, so I think we ought to have some kind of direction before we do that, okay? Uh, I just, I'll make one suggestion, I, uh, and that is, it came to me to do a sermon on uh, God loves a good argument. And, uh, and so I, I could teach through that on Wednesday night. I, I don't know. Does that sound like something we should do? No, I, I know I was waiting on that. I, Say no! <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I thought because I know you've been wanting to do Galatians. That's that, yeah, but I, I I do know that, and and I believe that came up as part of a discussion one night that we we might do Galatians. It did come up. Uh, Lynn remembers. Okay, uh, so we 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 could do that. So if, uh, and and this God loves a good argument. Probably not going to last very long. Okay, uh, so. Uh, if, if you want to do that, what do you think? Do you have any feeling one way or another on that? Oh. <laughs> Dude, God loves a good argument. And then, then we got Galatians still on the table. Okay. Okay. Does that sound? Okay. okay. So let's, let's do that. I didn't hear that. Oh. <laughs> Ready. All right. Uh, tonight, the crucifixion, resurrection. Um, I, I want to uh, do look at the last meal that Jesus had again. Um, just want to point out some things about that last meal, uh, and that's obviously just before he's arrested, his time in in the garden, um, and we will not probably be spending a lot of time there. But let's let's go through that uh, uh, again. Um, the uh, Last Supper. Um, you know that real famous fresco of the Last Supper? Um, that, that was actually painted on a wall. Yeah, guy did that. Okay, very famous. Okay, let's go to our first uh, text. And that's John 13. Now, you, you know John's different from the other disciples, right? I mean, the other Gospels. The Gospel of John is really different. It's okay to be different, right? John is different. The others kind of, they kind of agree on most all things, okay? John doesn't. He, he's got his own axe to grind, okay? It was just before the Passover meal. Now, that's the clue right there. That in John, 
It, they do not eat the Passover together. They're doing the Last Supper, obviously, but the, it is not the Passover meal, okay? It's what? Before the Passover. Uh, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Okay, so you've got the setting there for the uh, Last Supper, but notice it is not the Passover meal. Oh, did somebody ask why? <laughs> I thought I heard somebody say, why? In John, I'm sorry? Yes. In John, Jesus is crucified when the priests are killing the lambs for the Passover meal in the temple. In John, Jesus dies on the cross when, when they're uh, sacrificing the Passover lambs, okay? Let's go to the next text. This goes all the way back to the beginning of John now. We go all the way back to the beginning of John. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In John, of course, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And so in John, the Lamb of God dies on the precise day that they're killing the lambs in the temple for the, for the sacrifice of the, of the Passover. And don't let me forget when we come to it a little later uh, uh, about, okay. Um, now let's go to Mark, okay. Uh, one of the things that we want to do in our Bible study is to familiarize ourselves with the text. Amen? Okay. Uh, so you just need to know this is there. You may not do a lot with it. You may not do anything with it. That's fine, okay? But you need to know that it's there. All right. Let's go to our next one. Mark 14, 12. <laughs> Again, now we're dealing with the Last Supper, Okay. On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? Okay? I want you to know that's there. So in, in Mark, you're going to eat the Passover meal at the Last Supper. John, not so much. Okay, I just know that it's there. Okay, and uh, okay, that. Okay, now I want to go to where uh, Jesus is condemned to death in Mark. Okay, if, if you want to know why I use Mark so much, it's the shortest, most compressed, easy to deal with, okay? There's less flowery stuff in Mark. That shouldn't, that shouldn't say that, that. That's not a good way to put that. Uh, Matthew and Luke expand 
uh, a lot more than Mark does, okay? It expands. Uh, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Now you remember just a few days ago on Palm Sunday, what did they shout to Jesus there? I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you don't know this, people can tend to be fickle. They can tend to be that way. You cannot like it if you want to. That's your business. You cannot tolerate it if that's your business. But they tend to be that way. And you just have to know, especially crowds. Crowds are mindless. They have no idea what this So they're shouting here now, crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate releases Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. It just sounds so punctual and uncaring and just get him out of the way, and it's expedient to do that. Now, uh, when you get to this point, he's already been before the high priest, and he's already been before the Sanhedrin. But the problem with the high priest and the Sanhedrin is they did not have the authority to execute a person. And Pilate, the, the Roman, Uh, had the authority to do that. Here, when the Romans come to town, one of the rules that they have is you quit killing each other. That's just what they do. And it's, they said, well, I got a good idea. Let's just quit killing each other. Well, okay. I got, I, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. Just because, you know, in Jerusalem, you could get killed for, for a bunch of stuff that the Romans didn't care. Anybody want to point one out? How about a woman caught in adultery? Stoner. Okay? Would you kill that person, okay? How about a person that says Yahweh? Kill them. Using a large name in vain. And the list goes on. I mean, the list, I mean, it's a big list. So there were a lot of people who were were killed on a regular basis. Romans come in, what do they say? Stop. You can't do that anymore. We'll kill enough. The Romans will kill enough people anyway. Okay. So, so you got to stop. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, he's already been before the high priest, already been before the Sanhedrin, but they, they, they wanted to turn him over to Pilate. Why they want to turn him over to Pilate is because Pilate had the authority to kill him. And, and that's sure enough what they wanted done. Are they interested in justice? No. Are they concerned about justice? No. They're passionate about wanting to kill Jesus. Oh, they caused him to yell that? Oh. Yeah. Pick you out a good one, okay? Just cleansing the temple. 
cleansing the temple. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll uh, talk about this as we go uh, a little further as well. Yeah, but, but oh, they, they'll, they'll come up with one. Make no mistake about that. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, that's why I, I know I said that kind of tongue-in-cheek, okay, is just pick you out one because they're going to do this. They are going to do They're going to find out a way to get this done. High priest can't do it. We'll get Pilate to do it. And, uh, and well, all through the uh, gospel, it doesn't matter which one you're reading, uh, th that, that's the, the theme that runs through there. How about breaking the Sabbath day? Yeah, and, and yeah, and also is because of shedding of blood. He has to die on the cross, and and especially with the lance in his side. Okay, which I did not include that in my, in my talk tonight. Okay, but you know that it's there, the lance in the side, and what came out? Water and blood, or blood and water. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let me see. I think we did, we, did we read all of our, I think we read all of our Mark passage there. And when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross, it's important how Jesus dies. On the one side, it's important as to how one lives, but it's not over till that person dies. And how they die is important. If you haven't thought about that yet, I think you should think about that some, okay? How is it that you're going to exit this world? It's important, okay? It's in, oh, let, me, let me give you an, an illustration just out in the, in the, in the real, well, real world. Just out in the uh, world at large. Have you heard of the guy named Socrates? One of the main reasons you've heard about Socrates is because of the way he died. He went ahead and took the poison. What, hemlock, this good Kathy said hemlock. That was what, uh, that's what, it, it's what he took. And because he died for what he believed, everybody knows that's a good death. That's a good death. So it's not just his life it's also his death. And now we have this with Jesus, okay? We have, we got his life there, but now we're going to understand how he dies, okay? And uh, we will hopefully cover all the seven sayings from the cross tonight um, as, as we go there, okay? All right, let's go to the, the sayings from the cross, Oh, by the way, you could not, you should not um, crucify a Roman citizen. That particular punishment is saved for people who are not citizens of Rome. Okay? You, yeah, so, okay. Now, Jesus' first cry from the cross or, and I, I, do, I don't know why I always picture this as a nail. I I'm, I'm, I'm have a picture where he's, the, the cross is laid out on the ground. 
They've put Jesus on that, and they're nailing him to it. And I, I don't know why it just makes sense to me that that's where he would say, what? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. By, and that was foretold as well, dividing up his clothes. The, the garments that Jesus wore were payment, was considered payment to the executioners. They get paid for what they do. Okay, and that was considered payment is the, uh, the, the, the clothes, that he, clothes that he wore. All right, <clears throat> and the first thing is what? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus, as he is nailed to the cross, has concerns for the other person. It is it's just marvelous. Uh, in a world, oh, you know the kind of empathy that you have for puppies and dogs and that kind of thing? Humans in times past in history did not have that consideration. No one had feeling or empathy for other people. That is a latecomer to the, to the world at large. That's what makes Jesus, one of the things, there's a lot of things, that's one of the things that makes Jesus unique is he has feelings, empathy for other people. Even though he's in such dire straits, he still has this empathy for other people. And first saying from the cross, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. His concern for others. And, and that's those who nail him to the cross now. We'll, we'll pick that up again a little later in at least two other places. Okay, uh, let's go to the second. Oh, by the way, we, these are put together from different gospels. You'll see that as we go through these, okay? They're, they're not found just neatly in one place, okay? So the timing and placing of these may be up for grabs in a couple of places, okay? Not when we get to the end, but it might be up for grabs, okay? So you can't be too strict on exactly what was first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We guess at it, and we work at it, and we try to make sense of it, okay? Uh, Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today will be with me, you will be with me in paradise. And of course, that is to one of the thieves that's on the cross. So in the process of Jesus' suffering, again, he takes time to listen to what somebody else has to say and their needs. And what, what does it say? You'll be with me in paradise. Okay. That's a, that's a great statement right there. The other guy, not so much. He didn't do very well. Okay. And it's weird that the other guy would be that way when he's suffering the same way everybody, but, but he's going to take it right to his grave with him. Well, okay. Good luck with that. How you doing with that? Not so good. Okay. 
Again, Jesus in, is what? In the process of saving as he's hanging on the cross, okay? I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there is uh, only the change of heart that we have record of. There's nothing, there's not like anything else. He, he's not like going to be able to straighten things out with his mama and, and, his, and his dad or anything like that. This is it. Yeah. So it is all, the only thing that saves him is what? A change of heart. A change of heart. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, brought that out. Okay. Okay, that's our second. Now, our third one. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. Okay. Did we put the next verse on there? I'm not. We just had the one. Okay, that, that, that's all right. Uh, um, what he does while Jesus hangs on the cross, he makes preparation for his mother. And you, you must understand that this, this comes out of, of him as the oldest son in the family. It's his responsibility to take care of his mother. And so it comes right out of that responsibility. Uh, this whole... Um, um, Gospel, the, the, the first miracle that he does in the Gospel of John is turning water into wine. And who prompts that? Yeah, his mother. His mother. And it's really a kind of a cool interchange that they have. Um, one can maybe make that look cruel, but it's not. You know, but, and, but, but the whole idea is she approaches him. Why? She's used to approaching him with problems to deal with. And he's supposed to deal with them. He's the oldest son, okay? And so he should do that. He, all right, and here he pairs, taking care of her, he pairs her with who? Yeah, yeah, this is John. Uh, and him not mentioning his name here is a expression of humility, in, in these gospels, they very often will not, the writer will not use their own name in there. They, they just won't do that. And it's an expression of humility. Because I think, I think Mark signs his gospel. Uh, and I think he's the, the boy in the end of the gospel where Jesus is arrested who runs off uh, without his clothes into the night. And I think that's uh, John Mark right there. I think that's his signature uh, on the gospel. Not, not everybody thinks it that way, but, uh, but, I, but I do. If you read the story where Jesus is arrested and, and, and what, what happened is the soldiers got a hold of his clothes. And what? Oh, he, uh, he slipped right out of that and went on right on out into the dark. Yeah. Once, once it gets to the dark, you, you can't find, there's no street lights. That, you, you can't find somebody that, that doesn't want to be found uh, in, in the dark. 
it's over with. If he, if he gets away from you out of the, that torchlight, you know, he's gone. And that's what happened. He left. He left town. Okay. Um, where are we at now? Number four? Okay, Matthew. <clears throat> About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sach, sabotash thani. Why, I... What? Is what? No! <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh, man. No, I can't get my tongue around that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what does that mean? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And... Uh, for the first time in all eternity, the relationship between him and his father is broken. And I want you to, to, to really to try to feel some of that, okay? Because you're supposed to. You're supposed to. In all eternity, they, they have been with one another completely. And now it is broken. Somebody want to say why? I, I I didn't hear that. Yes, yes, and and that's the idea behind that is for us to understand that that relationship was broken, and he breaks it for on our behalf. That that relationship, and and what was his sense of what's his gut level feeling as? as he's on the cross, that he is forsaken. I'm sorry? Yes, yes. Not only that, but he feels like God has turned his back on him, which he has, and God has turned his back on him. I, I just want to tell my wife taught me this lesson, okay? I'm not going to go into all the reasons why. But she said that she heard from God in Jesus Christ one time, I know I've suffered like that or something of that. And don't, don't, I'm not trying to get you to say anything, honey. Uh, but, but, but God understand her feeling betrayed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want you to know that in your deepest hour, of betrayal, God knows how you feel. I, I love Corey Ten Boom's statement. I remember listening to, to her speak, and she said, coming out of the, um, the, the, the prisons where people were just slaughtered, and she said, no. No matter how deep the pit, God is still deeper. I love that statement. And I have not suffered in any way, shape, or form like she had or saw the suffering that she saw. But she learned through that that no matter how deep the pit you're in, God is still deeper. And he will understand you. And... Uh, 
And that's, I think, one of the reasons why Paul pins that the cross is the wisdom of God in ways that we can't even verbal, verbally express. But it's, but it's there for, for, for us, okay? Uh, and so, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you, go ahead. I, I don't know. Um, it, I mean, it might be. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, and if, if tradition holds true, that's the song that they should have sang when they broke. You know, it said they, they sang a hymn and went out. It was, you, you said, tradition holds that that's Psalm 22 that they sang, that they sang there. So that, that, that should have prepared them even uh, for, for this experience, yeah. And you're, yeah, you're probably got right on it, yeah. Psalms 22, if you can read all the way through, that his are like wax, and his limbs are out of joint. Yeah, so, excellent. And I think the reason... I, uh, we're getting an amen from Dave over here, too, I heard. That, I should say that. The reason that... <laughs> okay. That, I to, I'm sorry, pay... Psalm 22, yeah, excellent, yeah, excellent. Okay, and uh, let me see, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? We're number five now? Okay. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished. And so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus says, I am thirsty. And uh, that consumes him there, his feeling of being thirsty. Yeah. I, I haven't been thirsty very many times in my life. You, probably none of you have either, I don't know, you know, but that is really a, it, the only thing you need more often is air than, uh, than water. You know? So if you, if you get there, that's, that's just really a terrible feeling on top of everything else that, that he is suffering. Okay. Okay, let's go to number six. When he had received the drink, Jesus says, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. And Kathy, you were chatting with me before we started here that you, go ahead. Mm -hmm. go, go ahead. Paid in full. And if I'm getting that picture right, uh, is that in, in the temple, the lambs are being slaughtered, uh, sacrificed for, for the Passover. There has to be a time in which you say, you got to stop. And, you, you know, I, I don't know. It's not like you run out of lambs or anything like that. You know, 
There comes a time, and that's the high priest, if I understand, right? That was the high priest's job is to say, it's finished. There will be no more lambs killed. Somebody has to do that, by the way. Somebody has to call an end to it. Okay. In other words, if you start, where do you finish? Somebody has to do that. Makes sense the high priest would do that. But in this case, in this case, they're not only done for the year. This is forever over. Now, some people haven't got the memo on that yet, and I understand that. Go ahead. If any of you have worked with livestock, you know that's a, that could be a real job. But you know somebody had that job, and probably a lot of people had that job. Okay. Um, Are we number seven now? Okay, number seven. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. He, it's over. Have, have, have you been around anybody that said it's over like this here? You'll see this every once in a while. Someone will maybe bargain with God, you know. Um, if, if I could live till my last grandchild gets married, and pretty soon the last grandchild gets married, and they're what? They're gone. They're, they're gone, yeah. You, you'll see this, okay. But Jesus does this willingly. So, into in, in his last his his last words here now are his trust in God. No matter what the future is, you can trust God as being just and compassionate and caring. You can trust that. No matter what you're experiencing. No matter what troubles you have, you can trust God with them. And uh, if, even if you think the future is uncertain, you can still have trust that God is there and God is there for, for you. Uh, so take a lesson with that. Now, I, after I had, had done this, okay, now we're going to do the resurrection, okay? We, we, got, we got work to do there. Uh, the resurrection, but I had uh, two other texts to read. I wanted to make sure that we did these, and I don't have them in there. Now, this is Matthew 27, 50 and 51. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And that's why I wanted us to get that. Um, if you're familiar at all with the layout of the temple, we'll just say the, there, there's the courtyard, and it was for the Gentiles. That was where Jesus cleansed, or uh, Jesus cleaned that out, turned over tables. That, that's where that was, okay? 
let's just say the next one is the uh, w w Jewish area, okay? Uh, and then the next one after that is uh, considered the holy place. And if you're familiar at all with this, that only priest could go in to the holy place. Only priest. And then beyond that, there was a curtain and the holy of holies. And that's where God was seen to set uh, on the mercy seat. That's, that's roughly their understanding, okay? It's not doesn't communicate to us a lot, but to, the, to them it did. In other words, when Daniel prayed in Babylon, he would face Jerusalem because that was God was in Jerusalem on the throne, okay? So he, he would face that way, okay? Now, what happens here is, the, now, when we have a curtain, it, it wasn't, you know, just, uh, it, it was thick. It was thick and pretty rugged, okay? And this, the symbol of it being torn from the top to bottom now, there is no separation between God and man. Yeah, no separation between God and man anymore. Uh, let me say that differently. No separation between God and humans anymore. The way is open for anyone who wishes to come in. And, and so that, you, 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 you want to get that uh, out of that text, okay. And what's the direction of the tear? From, from the top to the bottom. And that's it, a picture of God who's opening now the way. And remember this, that whatever God opens, no man can shut. And whatever God shuts, no man can open. So now the way is free for us. We have access through our Lord Jesus Christ into the Holy of Holies. It was uh, the high priest only went there once a year, and uh, th that was it. I, th I think I wanted to read, I'll uh, say, Mark 15, but I'm not sure why now. Mark 15, uh, 37, 38. Oh, that's the tearing of the curtain again there. With a loud voice, Jesus breathed his last. Uh, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And, oh, I remember now. I'm, I'm reading on now right there. Uh, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. All the way through the book of Mark, nobody, nobody other than the demons themselves know who Jesus is. It's like a secret. If somebody gets a little glimpse, Jesus said, mm, be quiet, keep it. 
So nobody knows until when, until you get to the end. And the way he dies convinces this centurion, who is the only person in the entire book who understands who Jesus is and who is he? The son of God. And so it's a little bit, I think he's building drama when he does that, but, but still it works for me. Uh, you know, he, he tells you this about Jesus, tells you this about Jesus. Nobody knows who he is, you know. Uh, all right, okay, enough of that. All right, um, now uh, we'll go to the resurrection. And uh, if you have your Bibles, it, it will help you to look at this text in your Bible, okay? Um, now we're reading Mark. And I'm going to quit in verse 8. Where does your Bible quit? Chapter 16. Where does your Bible quit? You, so you all go all the way to 20. Do you have a note on verse 9? You have, you have on yours. Heidi, you have on you got You got a note? Okay. Lee, did you have a note? You got a note? Okay. Everybody got a note? That, and what does that note say? Okay. So I'm, I'm such a conservative. All right. I know that. My wife has to get on to me every once in a while. So I just cut it off right there. Any questions? You're gone. I cut it off right there. Okay. So I stop at verse 8 because of one of the best manuscripts that we have, one of the oldest and best that we have, doesn't have this passage in it. It stops at verse 8. And so I'm just stopping there. Lord may help me learn more later. Okay, but I'm just stopping. I'm stopping there. I'm sorry? Okay. I'm going. <laughs> when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, uh, brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body very early in the morning. First day of the week. First day of the week is what? Sunday. You all did that really well, by the way. Yeah, Sunday is the first day. Regardless of what you call it, when you open the calendar, Sunday's the first day of the week. And what really ticks me off is some of them calendars who don't put Sunday as the first day because it's a, they're thinking of working and all that kind of, never mind. All right. So, so, all right. Uh, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. I love this like that, okay? So they've got a problem. What's, they're, they're thinking ahead, and they're thinking of the problems that they've got ahead, and what's the problem that they come up with? There's nobody to move this stone. It's a big stone. It's going to take men to do this, okay, because men have the strength to do this. And what, what are we going to do? 
What did they, did they answer that? No. They brought it up as a question, but they didn't answer that. They have no answer for that question. But what do they do? They go anyway. They go anyway. Now, I would make a great sermon. Just go anyway. You cannot get all the answers you want before you start another project. All those answers will not come in. Lee Iacocca, when he de developed the Mustang, he got all the information in, all the information in, all the information in. He, he said he had about 90% of the information on building the Mustang. He said, then we started. Because the time it would take to get that other 10% of information, you probably already be past the, the niche that it's supposed to be in. The Mustang, by the way, is one of the most famous cars that was ever built. Made more money for people than... Okay, all right? So even if you don't have the answer, what are you going to do? Go anyway. Go anyway, okay? You'd be surprised how those things take care of themselves as you go. Who was I talking to? You know... You know did, did you all drive tractors or old cars? I know I'm old, but I didn't know what power steering was for so long. But I did learn that if you get the car moving a little forward, it's a lot easier to steer. Did you find that out? Yeah, it's a lot easier to steer. You know, if God can just get you moving some, he can steer you a lot better then you're standing still on the dime, right? He'll, he, and he'll do that. He'll steer you, okay? Okay, all right. Uh, and they asked each other, who, uh, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Well, there you go. Problem solved. But if you stop, and go home, you don't even know that the problem ever is solved. You don't know what the answer to that question is. By the way, the answer to that question, by the way, you move it. I don't know. I don't know. You have to find that out. Okay, let's go to our next one there. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, why is Peter getting special note here? What? Amen. Because he denied Jesus three times you might have to take special work to find him and convince him what's going on. And you should give it to him. You should give him that special attention because he just failed in the most miserable way. And he failed a person he loved most. That is, you should give him special attention. And guess what? Jesus does. We, we, we won't do that tonight, okay, but Jesus does. Gives him special attention. 
He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And the book ends for me there. It ends right there. And most people don't like that ending. I love it. I love it because it speaks of us so well. What's the, what's the problem that they have? They have the greatest news in all the world, but it scares them to death. And they are just frightened. And they're so frightened they don't even do what they're told to do. Well, they finally did, of course. Obviously, or we wouldn't be getting the message today. Okay. But who's got the message first before anybody else has got it? A bunch of women. They got it. Who, who do you need to learn from? Bunch of women. Yeah. Look at right here. There it is right there. And that's where, where it ends. Oops, we got to go. Okay. We're, we got to go to Emmaus tonight because you, you see... You, you, may, you may know about the resurrection, but you may not know about the resurrection. <laughs> you see. So uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll go to Emmaus quickly, okay? Um, that's Luke 24. We, we, we will not have time to read that whole thing. It's about 20, huh? Okay, okay. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. But where are they going? They're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're going home. These guys have given up on this Jesus thing. And why have they given up? He's dead. And they're going home. They're headed, they're headed west out of Jerusalem in the evening sun. And you know when you face that evening sun, what direction you look? Look down. Too much bright light. We, and they, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. I love that. I love that. Just when you don't expect him, whoop, there he is. And you may not know it, okay? But there he is. All right. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together? You walk along, and they, they stood still, their faces downcast. Remember, they're looking at the ground. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem 
who does not know the things that have happened in these last days, they're going to school Jesus here. Can you hear that? They're schooling him. They're saying, oh, you are you the dumbest guy? You don't know what's been going on? And we're going to, we'll, we'll cut you in on this, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people and the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But, but we had hoped. Notice hope is in the past tense. They don't have any hope anymore. Their hope is gone. We had hope. We had hopes in the past, but we don't have them now. We... We had hopes, but they're gone. Well, why are they gone? Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. So, so they're gone. But we had hope that he would be the one who was going to redeem Israel. Well, I got news for you. He not only redeemed Israel, he redeemed everybody else. Too. That's, his, that's what he does. It's for everybody. And what is more, in the third days since all this took place, in addition, some of the women amazed us. That's them gals we've just read about a while ago that had the real dope, that had the real, real scoop. Yeah. And, and they went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels and, who said he was alive. Well, they said that, but they don't believe it. See, there's a difference. There's the difference in what you say and what you believe. There's a difference. They said that, but we don't believe it, so we're going to go home. <laughs> you, gotta, you know that's what was going on with them guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what could they know anyway? Yeah. Okay, so, and some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as a woman said. Well, there you go. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets, what the prophets have spoken. Did that Messiah has to suffer these things and then enter his glory and the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. I don't know that. You, you find that several, several places in the Bible where God, it, it's almost like you have to entice him to stay with you. And uh, anyway, uh, but they urged him strongly saying, uh, for uh, it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went and stayed with them. When they sat at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Why did they recognize him? I'm sorry? Yeah. They, they knew it was him by him taking the bread, breaking. He had done it so many times before that they knew exactly who he was then. They had quit looking down at the ground now and started looking up a little bit. And so, uh, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us and uh, on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned once to Jerusalem. 
did you see they changed the whole direction of their lives? Why? Because they realized the resurrection of Jesus Christ was real. And that's what makes the difference. That's why you can never leave the resurrection out. You can't just stop with the death of Jesus on the cross. As wonderful as that is for us to be saved, as wonderful as the grace of God can be, but you have to have that, you have to have that resurrection, that life of Jesus dawns on you that he is not dead, he is alive. Somebody gonna say something else? I'm gonna quit with that. Is that enough? Okay. But it is one thing to have the resurrection. It is another thing to have the realization of the resurrection. And uh, by the way, that trip going back to Jerusalem, I wonder how quickly they made that trip. I bet you that was compressed about half as long as it was uh, going out there. Is that right? Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. That's a good, that's a good point, yeah. And that was an issue which we, I mean, we didn't bring that up, is the concern uh, that somebody would steal his body and say that he raised from the dead or makes some mumbo jumbo. You have that kind of in the mix all over the place, but, but anyway. Are we good? Okay, we'll do uh, then our, our next Wednesday night, we will do the Church of Laodicea and we'll start God Loves a Good Argument. Okay? We're good. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your love toward us in your son, Jesus Christ, as demonstrated so well in him dying on the cross for us, and we give you thanks for that. And Lord, help us to understand that in ways that we can't even articulate it and can't even talk about it, and we give you thanks for that. But Lord, we are so thankful he rose again from the dead and that that same life that brought again Jesus from the dead is available to us today, and we pray this in his name. Amen.